I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, look, I didn't see this one coming either. But it turns out the coronavirus conspiracy shit just done got turned up another notch or two in the time since we recorded our previous Quick Hit. So we've decided to put out another uh, Quicker Hit to cover the updates. New folks, if you're just joining this podcast, then it turns out, as one nameless protagonist once put it, You met me at a very strange time in my life. We have been, and will continue to be, a show dedicated to explaining why so many people you know believe weird conspiracy theories. In the past, we've done this through huge, multi-hour epics that try to cover each topic thoroughly and only come out every couple of months. Soon, we plan to be a show that puts out shorter content more frequently, but still covers conspiracy nonsense and the loons who love it in a comprehensive way. In any case, this episode finds us desperately trying to keep up with the ongoing lunacy that threatens to derail the best efforts of state and local leaders and public health experts to flatten that curve, help us maintain social distance, and basically keep your nana from ending up like the proverbial Norwegian blue. This is an X pattern. By the way, when he said derail just then, that was a carefully chosen verb. Now, now, Dana, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Anyway, I'm Fearful Jesuit, this is The Paranoid Strain, and we're going to lay a bunch more coronavirus-related nonsense on you that we didn't cover in our first coronavirus episode. Which, obviously, means that you should go listen to that one before you tackle this one. Or don't. We're not your mom. But if we were, we would tell you to go wash your goddamn hands. Even if you did listen to that last one, let's have a Dana Unicorn recap. COVID-19 is, as literally everyone knows now, a newly discovered virus that is currently sweeping across the world, infecting millions, killing hundreds of thousands, and making everyone paranoid about getting within two meters... Six feet, Unicorn. This here's a American podcast. ...of their fellow humans. Also, in the midst of this crisis, a wide variety of people... From the presidential administration to religious loons to Alex Jones is offering advice ranging from uninformed to absolutely batshit nutballs regarding the virus's origins and treatment, up to and including those who recommend drinking Miracle Mineral Solution, a type of bleach, as a cure. Having weighed in on this a little over a month ago, why are we back in your ears again on the same topic? Well, as you may have guessed, The Dumb has, as a 20-year-late comedy sequel no one asked for would tell you, gotten dumberer. So let's take a quick tour through the latest developments in fringe lunacy that have accompanied the spread of coronavirus.
If you've guessed from that music break that our old pals QAnon are the main reason we're issuing this update, you've hit the nail on the head. But before we get to them, let's take a tour through the rest of the lunacy. From the Paranoid Strain News Desk in the Lockdown Bay Area, we present World Pandemic News, sponsored by Lucky Strike Cigarettes. We'll start with something funny, and which, to be fair, is not actually a conspiracy theory at all, just something I enjoyed the shit out of. As you all know, Italy has been one of the nations most heavily impacted by the coronavirus, and unfortunately was the early example of issues like an overtaxed healthcare system that now plague American cities like New York. Italians are not known for their mm, strict, regimented approach to life or their willingness to fall in line with authority. But that didn't stop a series of righteously angry, hilariously over-the-top Italian mayors from dressing down their less cooperative constituents via emergency addresses, demanding they stay home and, as we've all now heard a million times, do their part to flatten the curve. Naturally, we have audio. However, these diatribes are in Italian, which wouldn't be all that funny to listen to for our predominantly anglophonic audience. Thankfully, we do have the next best thing to an Italian co-host. That is, our own Dana Unicorn, who will be translating on the fly using her best Super Mario Brothers Italian accent. God damn it. Starting us off with a fiery sermon, here's Vincenzo De Luca, governor of Campania. I'm against the word that someone is having a graduation party. We send in the police. We send in with a flamethrower. Strong start. What do you got, Massimiliano Prescuti, mayor of Gualdo Tadino? But uh, where the fuck are you going? You go and queue up at the post office to recharge your phones, and you go and queue up at the ATM machine? Where are you going with these incontinent dogs? You must stay at home. Don't you understand that people are dying? More than 400 people a day are dying. Dying. But here comes a strong showing by Antonio Tutolo, mayor of Lucera. These are fucking hairdressers who go from home to home to fix women's hair. What the the fuck are they for? What is the damn point? Do you understand that? That coffins are closed. Who will see all these beautiful hairstyles in the coffins? As florid and brilliant as these rants are, we're giving the gold medal to this Ugandan police chief and his beautifully accented if highly wound up, English language rant. Uh, let me tell you one thing. I am not going to be nice to some of you motherfuckers. Listen to me. Listen to me. I am not going to be nice to, to some of you motherfuckers. Let me tell you. We have a pandemic. Coronavirus is a pandemic. Parents, can you fucking get your kids out from the street? It's fucking annoying. Some of you motherfuckers, you have your kids out there and it's fucking 9 p.m. Let me tell you. When you move, coronavirus will move. When you stay, the coronavirus will go away. Can you fucking stay at home, motherfucker? I just can't fucking understand this. Some of you are fucking distributing your motherfucking disease out there. Bastards. It's fucking annoying. Stay at home for God's sake, Jesus Christ. I just can't understand what the fuck is going with some of your parents. Go and get your fucking kids. Grab them on the nuts. Slap them. Put them up. It's fucking annoying. It... You know what? Let me see you outside. I'll put a bullet in your ass. Uh, public service announcements for quarantine ignoring Ugandan juvenile delinquents. I feel like you might want to head inside. Like, soon. 
Unfortunately, that's the last we're going to hear from people who have their priorities straight this episode, because from here on out, it's a never-ending kaleidoscope of refracted stupid. Not sure where to start, though, which means, Dana, bring forth the wheel of arbitrary episode starting points. I would say that I didn't even know that it was a thing, but technically it appeared back in episode 13, Assassination, non-JFK edition. Honestly, does it need to be this heavy? I got it cheap at an estate sale. Quit whining. Okay, Dana, spin the wheel. Okay, looks like we're landing on... Rodrigo Duterte? Who the fuck is that? That's the president of the Philippines. Oh, that Trump but worse asshole. The one who's got gangs of Uzi-wielding thugs gunning down helpless junkies on the street? How's he handling the coronavirus? I will not hesitate. My orders are, shoot them dead. We are ready for you. I will not hesitate. Oh, he's asking his enforcers to shoot sick people dead on the thinnest possible rationale. What an unlikely turn of events. Next. Ah, now we're on to something. The deep state conspiracy against hydroxychloroquine. We're assuming there's absolutely no way that you have somehow missed the fact that an obscure malaria drug became the latest litmus test for political fealty in the United States, as well as a seemingly senseless distraction from the genuine overwhelming issues urgently facing our body politic and, in fact, the world as a whole. But I think people should, uh, if it were me, in fact, I might do it anyway. I may take it. Okay, I may take it. And I'll have to ask my doctors about that, but I may take it. And would you also weigh in on this issue of hydroxychloroquine? What, what do you think about this, and you what is the, what is the medical evidence? Yeah. Well, I'd Maybe 15, 15 times. Okay. You don't have to ask he's, he's your medical expert, correct? <laughs> he's answered that okay. question 15 times. Anyway, this stuff, as we speak, is only now entering an actual drug trial to help determine its efficacy against COVID. So yeah, if you hate the president, you're supposed to assume that this stuff couldn't possibly work and is a complete waste of time. And if you're a Trump fan, you're supposed to assume that the egghead scientist shouldn't even dilly-dally for a moment testing this stuff, but rather we should start dumping it directly into the global water supply based on the president's gut feelings. We at The Strain would like instead to recommend a middle path, that is, let's not decide whether this works or not until the doctors tell us so. And in the meantime, it might be a better idea to just, oh, I don't know. Wash? Your fucking hands. Also, since we initially wrote this, there was an incident where the president maybe kind of sort of suggested that a good way to cure coronavirus would be to shove ultraviolet light or disinfectants of some kind into the infected. Not that anybody would be so stupid as to blindly follow the -the off-the-cuff ranting of a person who's uniquely unqualified to dispense medical advice. Gary and Wanda were best friends. They were inseparable. They were also scared about COVID-19. Wanda telling her friend Carrie Ann Monday morning. We thought we were going to get sick, so we took something. Chloroquine phosphate. Similar but different than the prescription drug chloroquine, something they'd heard President Trump touting. At my direction, the federal government is working to help obtain large quantities of chloroquine. We think it might work on this based on evidence, based on very strong evidence. That drug has been used to treat malaria. It's a very powerful and useful drug. The active ingredient also found in aquarium cleaner to kill algae. Wanda and Gary took that powdered version, chloroquine phosphate. These medications have significant 
cardiac effects as well as affecting other organ systems. Gary and Wanda tragically realized that too late. They took us to the hospital and his heart stopped. Since, Since leaders started the discussing the pandemic, disinfectants have been flying off store shelves to help kill coronavirus on surfaces. But now companies like the manufacturer of Lysol are warning under no circumstance should our disinfectant products be administered into the human body through injection, ingestion, or any other route. This after President Trump said. And I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection? The idea tossed out during Thursday's White House briefing in a discussion on ways to kill the virus. It certainly has people talking, currently trending on Twitter, hashtag don't drink bleach. These are chemicals you wouldn't, you would not ingest. So I think it's important for us to be very clear with New Yorkers that disinfectants are not intended for ingestion and they can cause great harm. As our Dr. Max Gomez puts it. You must be cautious and skeptical about what advice you listen to. Scientists and science will win out, but it may take a while. While we wait. Well, I stand corrected. So, moving off that semi-scientific but misguided point of contention, but sticking with the subject of the president's until-recently ubiquitous press conferences, let's look just over his shoulder, stage right, and focus on a man who many have seen as the cautious, expert, calming voice of reason throughout this crisis. No one wants to be the face of a pandemic. But as head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Dr. Anthony Fauci had no choice. No one is denying the fact that we are going through a very, very difficult time right now. But overall, Dr. Fauci has way more fans than he has critics. Even celebrities like NBA superstar Steph Curry. Dr. Fauci. Hey, Steph. See Dr. Fauci as the crisis's MVP. You can join Fauci fan clubs. There's Fauci footwear. You can buy a honk for Dr. Fauci yard sign. Or you can take a nap on your iHeart Fauci throw pillow. Dr. Anthony Fauci, whose name is now familiar to millions, has tirelessly provided the best available information and advice to a public eager for his expertise and resolve. Of course, one person's cautious, expert, calming voice of reason is another person's deep state, Clinton-loving stooge. Hey, come on, Jessica, that's a little much. No one is calling the universally respected Dr. Fauci a deep state, Clinton-loving stooge. You're right, that was uncalled for. Uh, so let's discuss this article from the apparently ironically titled American Thinker website, written by one Peter Barry Chowka. Dana, could you please read me that title? Sure. The article's called Anthony Fauci, the NIH's face of the coronavirus is a deep state Clinton-loving stooge. Well then, I stand corrected. Please carry on with the eviscerating. My pleasure. This dumb fuckery is aimed at painting Fauci as a hopelessly biased political operative whose encouraging email to then-Secretary Clinton regarding her 2013 Benghazi-related congressional testimony, combined with the fact that he was a major force in AIDS research, means he is de facto completely untrustworthy and should be fired immediately. Well, hold on. It's bad that he was involved in AIDS research? Yeah, there's this whole subset of assholes who argue that the response to HIV-AIDS was overblown because things like heart disease and diabetes kill so many more people. This argument, of course, ignores the fact that with AIDS, as with the current COVID crisis, the disease in question is communicable and therefore has the potential to kill far more people if allowed to spread untreated. Fucking morons. 
But that's hardly the extent of the anti-Fauci sentiment we're seeing in Crazyland. Many deep in the Trumposphere turned on Fauci when he appeared to, as the internet kids put it, facepalm when Trump attempted this, I guess, joke? in which he referred to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo as needing to return not to the State Department, but rather to the... You know what I'd like to do? I'd like him to go back to the State Department, or as they call it, the Deep State Department. You know, Yeah, when Trump said that, Fauci now infamously rubbed his hand over his face. Of course, there could have been any number of motivations for that. Perhaps he was wiping off some sweat, or maybe he literally couldn't believe that any president could trivialize a global pandemic emergency to make a half-assed joke referencing the baseless assertions of his looniest QAnon-following acolytes, or maybe a light was shining in his eyes. So it could have been anything. But you know what the least thoughtful pro-Trump people we referenced a moment ago thought Fauci was doing? Making the president look bad. Spearheaded by a pro-Trump talk show host named Bill Mitchell, the QAnons and associated loons have been promoting a Fire Fauci hashtag on Twitter. In spite of the fact that a poll taken on April 8th found that Fauci had nearly an 80% approval rating for his handling of the COVID crisis, while Trump's was around 46. Also, QAnons have determined that Fauci created the virus back in 2015, but we presume the Fauci-created-it folks are going to argue with the Bill Gates-created-it folks, so we'll deal with that later. We also don't want to leave this topic without mentioning that among the most outspoken anti-Fauci asshats is this dude named Shiva Ayadurai. Um, Jesuit, I think you should refer to him as Dr. Shiva Ayadurai, MIT PhD, inventor of email. No, thank you. I'm not going to call him that, even though that is literally the overblown title he uses on Twitter. I'm not going to get too deep into the email thing, except to quote his Wikipedia entry here. He's notable for his widely discredited claim to be the inventor of email, based on the electronic mail software he wrote as a New Jersey high school student in the late 1970s. Initial reports that repeated a Yadarai's assertion from organizations such as the Washington Post and the Smithsonian Institute were followed by public rejections. And I will also note that Dr. Ayadurai is not, in fact, a medical doctor, but simply has a PhD. And to quote the magnificent Dave Barry from the magnificent book Dave Barry Slept Here, People who insist upon referring to themselves as doctor simply because they hold a PhD degree, which are about as rare as air molecules, tend to be self-important weenies. Anyway, this guy, who is definitely not a self-important weenie, and who is running against Elizabeth Warren for Massachusetts Senate this year, has been working to discredit Dr. Fauci. The, the fundamental issue that we have right now is the coronavirus issue is bringing up something extremely important, is what kind of people do we want in governance? What we're seeing right now is a lawyer lobbyist class does not know how to deal with this issue. They are allowing one guy who I call Emperor Fauci to run this entire thing because they do not know how the immune system works. They do not know the era of personalized medicine. They don't understand how the healthcare system works. So they're allowing one individual by the name of Anthony Fauci, who's essentially been in government uh, he's a bureaucrat. This guy's been there since Reagan times, and he is essentially taking control of the entire United States government and misadvising the president of the United States. So I'm here as a person who has spent his entire life uh, in, the, in, in the world of health to give a different outlook on this so we can essentially give some semblance and eliminate the fear and go towards truth, freedom and health. What I want to really and encouraging his fans to petition Trump to hashtag fire Fauci and instead hire Mr. Slash PhD slash definitely not a self-important weenie to head up the U.S. response through carefully thought out missives like this. As an MIT PhD in bioengineering who studies and does research nearly every day on the immune system, 
The coronavirus fear-mongering by the deep state will go down in history as one of the biggest frauds to manipulate economies, suppress dissent, and push mandated medicine. Sensible. This seems like a great opportunity to call up our medical correspondent, Dr. Captain Rob. <laughs> We know you're busy, so could you just let us know, would it be a good idea to replace one of the most respected experts in the field, a man who against all odds has managed to get a clear, sane, consistent message out to the American people in the midst of what can only be described as a cavalcade of unhelpful nonsense coming out of the White House? Should we replace that guy with a non-doctor who did not invent email? That's a negative ghostwriter. Well then, what about this other dude, Dan Lee Demke? According to some tantalizing articles we read, this dumbfuck had actually recommended that people breathe the hot air from hair dryers to kill the virus. Unfortunately, as we have bemoaned in the past, YouTube has gotten much better at deleting this kind of horseshit from their platform, especially when it's providing bad information to people in the middle of a health crisis. By the time we heard about it and started looking for it in earnest, it was nowhere to be found. Do you think we tried desperately to find this clip? You bet your sweet asses we did. And... Come on, let a, let a fella build a little tension. And we found it, because Planet Zuckerberg is far less scrupulous about policing its walled garden than YouTube is, apparently. This is Dr. Dan Lee Dimke. The novel Wuhan coronavirus, now known as SARS-CoV-2, and the disease it causes, COVID-19, have been declared a global health emergency by the World Health Organization, wreaking havoc on lives and economies around the world. But this virus has an Achilles heel, an exploitable vulnerability that is shared by most upper respiratory viruses and all other known coronaviruses. They are remarkably fragile. Though they can survive easily for weeks or even months at temperatures near or below freezing, these viruses die within just a few minutes when exposed to higher air temperatures. Numerous laboratory studies by leading virologists show that coronavirus is easily killed in less than 15 minutes at just 56 degrees Celsius or 133 degrees Fahrenheit. Mild heat application is now regularly used in the production of various medications and vaccines. The very same process could be used with patients by simply raising their sinuses above the kill temperature. The virus dies, symptoms and infectivity stop, and the outbreak is over. This is remarkably easy to do, without harm or risk, by simply breathing in hot air. Suddenly, the coolest part of the body becomes the warmest part of the body, and any invading viruses almost literally melt. The common, widely available, handheld blow dryer, used for drying hair, contains a heating element and a fan that instantly deliver forced hot air temperatures that will kill coronavirus even faster, much like a convection oven does. And because you can concentrate heat onto just the infected area of the body, the nose and sinuses, you can safely use this approach even if you already have a fever. Here's what to do. Step 1. Turn the hairdryer to the lowest setting and then cup fingers over the air intake to slow the airflow and increase its output temperature. Step 2. With the other hand, 
Use a spray bottle filled with water to frequently moisten the facial surface around the nose and mouth. The flow of hot air causes the water to evaporate, keeping the face and nose cool, while allowing heat to penetrate deeply into the nose and sinuses. Take slow, deep breaths through the nose with the mouth closed for five minutes. If widely used, this simple cold arrest hyperthermia therapy can help to halt any further spread of COVID-19. It also kills most other types of common cold-causing virus, so you can start using it at the very first sign of any common cold symptoms. If healthcare providers will teach patients the cold arrest procedure, and health authorities will distribute inexpensive blow dryers and spray bottles to those in quarantine or living within infection zones who don't already have them, we may be able to prevent future coronavirus outbreaks from ever again becoming regional or international pandemics. The video that accompanies this audio features a lady trying to do the whole hair dryer and face act. It's delicious. Again, the medical advice here seems bulletproof, though again, we should note that in spite of calling himself doctor in that clip, that honorific is, in Dimke's case, more strange love than Fauci. To quote the bio on his own website, Dr. Dimke holds a doctoral degree in education with a specialization in psycholinguistics from Southwest University. He's also a scuba diver, jet helicopter pilot, hypnotist, astronomer, futurologist, and celebrity impressionist. For the sake of completeness, Dr. Captain, can we replace Fauci with not a doctor Rich Little here? As impressive as scuba diving and celebrity impressions can be, I'm going to have to go no on this one. We're going to try to link to this priceless nonsense from the show notes, but there's no guarantee it'll still be up by the time you try to watch it. Now, let's get even more conspiralicious with a story that I can't help but think is going to age like a fine wine over the months that pass between now and when this dude gets his day in court. at the Port of Los Angeles is accused of trying to ram a train into the USNS Mercy at full speed. The feds say tonight he confessed and told them the ship is not here to help, but instead is part of a federal government plot to control our lives. The train derailed. The bizarre derailment ended here, just 250 yards from the U.S. naval ship Mercy, docked at the port of Los Angeles. It has non-COVID hospital patients on board. Federal agents say 44-year-old Eduardo Moreno, the train engineer, purposely ran it off the tracks. They say his intention was to crash it into the USNS Mercy. Just before 12.30 Tuesday afternoon, took Moreno into custody. He apparently told the CHP officer he believed the USNS Mercy was tied to a government plot. He said, the whole world is watching. I had to. People don't know what's going on here. Now they will. He was taken into custody, where he told FBI agents he did it out of a desire to wake people up. Moreno stated that he thought the USNS Mercy was suspicious and did not believe the ship is what they say it's for. Mayor Eric Garcetti. Mercy. CBS 2's Amy Johnson spoke with a friend of the suspect. Who says he is absolutely shocked by what happened. It just doesn't make sense. It's just none of it. None of it makes sense at all. With tears in his eyes, T.J. Schlick told us about his friend, 44-year-old Eduardo Moreno, or Eddie as he calls him. To tell me he's going to do something like this, it's going to take him away from his family? Just, just not right. Something wrong. There's no way that train was ever going to reach that ship. I mean, so to sit here and tell me that he's going to take that train, even at full speed, and take out a Navy ship that's just unreachable, with knowing how smart Eddie is, that's this is not in his realm. I mean... To tell me he's going to do something to hurt a vessel, I mean, Eddie's love for the ocean and boats, 
You can hear the beginnings of some false flag logic in the way that a friend of Moreno's talked about the incident in an interview. But some of the tastiest morsels about this thankfully casualty-free and therefore deeply hilarious incident come from press reports, including the following facts. First, Moreno was charged under 18 U.S.C. 1992, that charge being terrorist attacks and other violence against railroad carriers and mass transportation systems. The FBI goes on to note this is more commonly known as train wrecking. I don't know why I bring this point up exactly. I guess I'm just pleased that our federal legal code is so thorough it has a section devoted to the prosecution of a crime that I didn't even realize people could actually do on purpose until this guy did it. Of course, there's more. Heavy.com notes that a video captured by the locomotive's cab shows Moreno setting the train to full speed ahead and then crashing through barriers while holding aloft a lit road flare in one hand and a raised middle finger in the other. Presumably blasting Johnny Paycheck on the stereo. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Correct, though Freebird is also an acceptable answer. As we noted moments ago, the full picture of this thing is still developing, and we look forward to getting back to it eventually. But as far as what's known of his current motivations, the Boston Globe quotes prosecutors who interviewed the man as noting that he was trying to use his train to ram the hospital ship the USNS Mercy, believing that it was not, as officially stated, there to help relieve L.A. area hospitals should COVID cases strain their capacity, but rather that, and here we're quoting, It had an alternate purpose related to COVID-19 or a government takeover. He no longer believed the ship is what they say it's for. They are segregating us, and it needs to be put in the open. Mm. Anybody else get goosebumps just imagining how crazy this guy's uncut worldview will be when we get to hear more about it during his arraignment, trial, and hopefully a series of jailhouse interviews? No? Just me? Okay. This brings us to the last section of this shortish show, which, of course, because it involves COVID and Trump, necessarily also means we're once a goddamned again going to talk about QAnon, the storm, child sex slavery rings, and, for some reason, Tom Hanks. all of the ground we've covered with these wackos here. Please refer to our previous COVID episode, as well as our QAnon quick hit for the basics. Let's kick things off with a doozy. Apparently Bill Gates, who in the reality the rest of a share has worked with his foundation to warn people of the potential dangers of a global virus pandemic for years. The impact of a huge epidemic, like a flu epidemic, would be phenomenal because all the supply chains would break down. If anything kills over 10 million people, in the next few decades, it's most likely to be a highly infectious virus rather than a war. We're not ready for the next epidemic. You know, we all hope that doesn't come along, but being ready for epidemics of different sizes, uh, there's a lot more we should do. The resources to go engage in the, the affected countries, the allocation decisions. As we've seen various flu scares come along, uh, we haven't had a, a super good response. Anyway, this same guy is, in the QAnon reality, the person who, in fact, created the COVID-19 virus. As is usual with Q, the rationale for this is both labyrinthine and foolish, but let's try to do a quick sketch. Back in January, some doofus tweeted a link that he suggested provided proof that a British company called Perbright had patented a vaccine for coronavirus back in 2015. Very suspicious, right? Well, no. As responsible journalists noted, this patent was 
A. For a vaccine designed to be used in birds and other animals to help prevent the spread of these diseases among, for example, domestic chickens. B. It leveraged a strain of the disease that is not communicable to humans. And finally, C. Getting a patent for a vaccine is a standard operating procedure in the industry. This, of course, did nothing to dissuade the undissuadable, especially after some of them discovered that the Perbright Institute got some funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So, of course, at this point, we're off to the races. Now, normally, we would provide a bunch of clips of loons telling you all about how Bill Gates is a lizard man and his snaky venom was converted into the Rona in a Wuhan facility. But instead, we're just going to quote former Trump advisor and current convicted felon Roger Stone, a man with a tattoo of Nixon in the middle of his back who never met a conspiracy theory he didn't like. First, Stone reportedly told a morning talk show host that the question of whether or not Gates was involved in creating this disease was up for vigorous debate. What he thought was not debatable, though, was this. He and other globalists are definitely using it in a drive for mandatory vaccinations and microchipping people so we can tell, quote unquote, whether you've been tested. You know what I say, Joe? Over my dead body. Also, what the hell, let's throw in a couple more clips of various very stable yet non-presidential geniuses sharing theories on various conspiracy bullshit and how it relates to coronavirus. Let me make sure I say this right. How the coronavirus and the Masons are the same thing. Now, first, I'm going to go to a little resources on. But also point towards something. I want to lay out both the deep state agenda and the Patriot Trump Q agenda and try to do this as, as best as I can and help us to know how to pray about this whole situation. So a, a few weeks ago when I was in Riverside, California, I made a video where uh, Pete, my military insider, he's the military insider who all last year through 2019 was uh, showing that the deep state wants to play the card of launching a bioweapon to stop the arrests. Now, what has actually happened here is, yes, there were deep state assets in the United States, some of them connected to Bill Gates, and they did concoct this over in this lab in Wuhan, and they released the bioweapon. So that actually is what happened. But the deep state's agenda, what they're trying to push, the narrative they're trying to push through this story is they now want the Chinese government to blame the American government to bring us into a war. That is their agenda. Now, does that mean that they're going to accomplish that? No, it doesn't. That's where we come in, right? That's where we pray. Do pray, pray. not pray. Do not hope. Do not think, oh, praise God, they're going to have a vaccine. That vaccine is from the pit of hell. Okay? Do not pray for those vaccines. And do not take the vaccine. Spiritually, they're a setup for what shall come later. This is the first step. This is not the mark of the beast. This is not the ID chip. But what will happen with this, and this is the order I believe it will happen in, is they're going to bring this next vaccine and they're going to mark, not in the, in the hand and the forehead, but on a, they're going to have a computer record of everybody who does take the vaccine. But more importantly, they're going to take the ones that do not. And basically, the ones that won't take the vaccine will be the Jews and the Christians. And so what a way to kind of gather those names up and gather those people up. And so then when it does come time for the mark of beast to trade and sell, those that in order to get the mark of the beast, what will happen is in order to for them to put the chip in, 
you're going to have to have proof of verification, uh, verification that you've had these vaccines. And then if you won't. Take oh, and you didn't think we would do a show like this without checking in on the official paranoid strain worst person in the world who hasn't technically committed a crime, did you? You can't play patty cake with this. It's either the country goes into total depression, lockdown. They're going to have brown shirt groups that come around checking your medical status, forcing their way into your homes. It's all being announced. Forced inoculations. Uh, most people are no longer going to go to schools anymore. Schools will be community areas for socialist and globalist organizing. Um, but everything else will be done in online training that's crappy and dumbed down and, and robot controlled. The elites will then go to physical schools. Education's collapsing. The cities and counties are collapsing. And they're doing it by design artificially to accelerate in the new way of living. And so submission to this is death. This is all battle plan. Like if I went to see Romeo and Juliet, there's three acts of the play. And they hand you a program at the beginning so that you know when there's breaks and when what's coming up. And I'm sitting here reading the program to you. So people go, but wait a minute. You say it, it's a man-made virus, though. It is. Because that way these globalists can own it and make all the money off of it. And roll out new versions of it that are more deadly in the future. That's in their plan. But they wanted to have a limited system that killed useless ears, as they call them, old people, and those that are extremely sick and run down. But the death toll is so low that they then began attributing all deaths to this. And Anywho, what about that thing we mentioned before about Q, Kitty Diddlers, and America's dad, Forrest Gump? Well, as it turns out, the Q-nuts have decided this whole coronavirus thing is actually deeply entwined with efforts to stem the global trade in something called adrenochrome. Never heard of it. Is that a made-up thing? No, it's real. It is apparently a compound that results when adrenaline is oxidized. And it has been used in some questionable experiments related to schizophrenia back in the 50s. But of course, that's not why we're talking about it. We're talking about it because the Q's got it into their little heads that part of the reason that the global elites, and especially the Clintons and various Hollywood people like Mr. Hanks, are supposedly involved in a global child trafficking and slavery ring involving pizza... Again, if you haven't listened to the previous QAnon episodes, this is all going to get even weirder. The reason for this is, in addition to the gross child-fucking stuff... We hope you all know this, but we are 100% putting an enormous allegedly in front of all these nonsensical Q accusations. Right. In addition to the alleged gross child-fucking stuff, apparently all of these movers and shakers are able to move and shake so good because they stay young and healthy based not only on the best nutritionists and trainers money can buy, but also through an illicit trade in adrenochrome that has been, well, actually, let's just quote from an expert on the subject. That subject being insane spittleflake conjecture? Yep, our favorite. So we're going to turn to the author of the WordPress site, Exposing Pedivore. Pedo meaning, we suppose, child, and vore meaning eaters. What does this bastion of rationality have to tell us about this substance? Well, Jesuit, this site defines adrenochrome as an immortality serum that is obtained from the adrenal gland of living children after they have been terrorized to get the highest levels of adrenaline. It has LSD-like qualities and is used in satanic rituals by monarchs, politicians, congressmen, celebrities, CEOs, and the elite. Great. Now that's cleared up. Actually, no, it's not. But how did the Q-nuts come to this conclusion? Well, weirdly, it may all be Johnny Depp's fault. Wait, what? Let me explain. 
Depp was really tight with the late lamented gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson, a friendship that was kicked off when the former was cast to play the latter in the film version of Thompson's classic drug-soaked fictionalized memoir, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And while that film was no great shakes at the box office upon release, it has become a cult classic since, in large part due to Depp's eerie channeling of Thompson's persona in the lead role. And so, therefore, Thompson's reminiscences about the wide variety of drugs he and his companion took during their legendary sojourn to Sin City have been promoted for decades via the movie to a far wider, less literate audience than his book ever would have. And what was one of the most notable drugs Thompson claimed to have consumed during this binge? As your attorney, I advise you to take a hit out of the little brown bottle in my shaving kit. You won't need much. Just a tiny taste. What is this shit? That stuff makes pure mescaline seem like ginger beer, man. Ginger beer? Adrenochrome. Adrenochrome? Hmm. Right. Now, this isn't the first mention of adrenochrome in popular literature. It appears in the work of Aldous Huxley, another legendary drug experimenter slash writer, as well as in Anthony Burgess's classic A Clockwork Orange. But it's a sure bet that Depp's over-the-top portrayal, as well as this next part of the same scene, were both major factors in convincing the Q faithful that this mysterious substance was the true purpose behind their imagined, elite, child-trafficking conspiracy. What kind of monster clan have you hooked up with this time? Satanism freak. I think there's only one source for this stuff in the, uh, adrenaline gland from a living human body. I know. Hmm? The guy didn't have any cash to pay me. He offered me human blood, said it would take me higher than I'd ever been in my life. But he was kidding. Whoa. I told him I'd just as soon have an ounce or so of pure adrenochrome. Or maybe just a fresh adrenaline gland to chew on. Yes, sir. They nailed this guy for child molesting. He swore he didn't do it. Why should I fuck with children, he said. They're too small. Christ, what could I say? Even a goddamn werewolf is entitled to legal counsel. Yep, it's all there. Satan, adrenal glands, child molestation. Except, of course, as we noted already, this was quoted from a fictionalized version of a hazily recalled memory of a legendary drug bender by a guy whose stock in trade was shocking the sensibilities of middle America. It's not to be taken either literally or seriously. But, of course, a refined sense of irony is not exactly the stock in trade of QAnons. And so we find ourselves in a situation where a terrifyingly large number of people believe that the global elites depend on a supply of adrenochrome harvested from the adrenal glands of abducted children. And because supposedly the best version of this substance can only be extracted from a subject in the grip of profound terror, this of course means the children are constantly tortured to supply only the good stuff. But of course, this whole adrenochrome thing was already an article of faith among the Cuberts before we entered our current virally afflicted moment. So what does all of this have to do with COVID? Well... I also believe that this virus was created by the cabal, specifically Bill Gates. And I also believe that the good guys, the White Hats, knew that they were going to release this virus and they intercepted their plans to use this virus as a false flag. And they are now using their plans with the virus against them by 
using the virus as an excuse to lock down the country and many other countries so the military can go in and safely conduct these raids and military operations to sweep up these criminals. There's a lot of anons that believe that the White Hats tainted the elite's adrenochrome supply with the coronavirus, and that's why so many members of the elites are getting the coronavirus, if indeed they do have the coronavirus. Um, so adrenochrome is a drug that the elites love. It comes from children. The drug is extracted from the pituitary gland of tortured children. It's sold on the black market. It's the drug of the elites. It's their favorite drug. It is beyond evil. It's demonic. It is so sick. So there is a theory that the White Hats tainted their adrenochrome supply with the coronavirus. Okay, Jesuit. I know we've done a lot of these, but I'm still having trouble following this one. The idea is that the global elites, especially Democrats, Hollywood celebrities, and various monarchs, plus of course, hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself, have been trafficking children for decades. They used pizza code to discuss this in their secret emails, which were exposed by WikiLeaks, which led a brave and totally not insane patriot to bring an AK to a pizza parlor to demand to see the non-existent children in the non-existent basement. Correct. Again, this was covered in our previous QAnon material. But now we come to find out that the other non-kit fucking reason they're keeping these children is to scare them into producing a rarefied form of adrenaline, a chemical that they believe, based on no evidence, is a drug that can only be extracted from terrified human subjects. Yes. In fact, I think we have audio of the extraction process. Want hurt? We just want to drain your living essence. Then you can be the same as the other podlings here. A slave. Look into the reflector, podling. Feel the power of the dark crystal. Yes, and now the beam will rid you of your fears, your thoughts. Your vital essence. You're very lucky, slave. Only the emperor can drink your essence. No, I'm pretty sure that was the scene in the Jim Henson film The Dark Crystal, where the evil Skekis monster drains the essence from an innocent Muppet to keep himself alive in defiance of the laws of God and felt. A scene that led to endless nightmares for second-grade Jesuit. Okay, I grant that may be true. But regardless, it turns out that some white hat which seems to mean a person who is pro-Trump, anti-deep state, and aware of the Democrat Hollywood royalty kid business, has subverted the Bill Gates-created COVID emergency to keep people in their houses and make it easier to round up all the miscreants in the long-expected storm of arrests the Q people have anticipated for three years now. Yes. And? And these same white hat actors have also deliberately spiked the supply of adrenochrome that said ghouls depend on to keep themselves young. And to get super duper baked, my broheem. Yes, super duper. Anyways, they spiked the supply with an actual COVID virus, thus using the elite's population control virus against them. But anyway, the point is that either Tom Hanks and his wife got sick because their adrenochrome supply had COVID in it, 
Or because due to the lockdown, they no longer are able to get their hands on the precious kit fear juice they used to stay young and healthy. Hold on. Uh, yeah, I actually think you covered it. That's what they appear to think at this moment, though, of course, all of this is subject to change on a future whim. Nice work. That hurt my brain. Sorry. Okay, so one last thing, and thankfully for once, this one appears to be a conspiracy theory that didn't start with any U.S.-based jackasses. Calm down, but let's take a look across the pond and see why the British government has actually had to issue stern warnings like this. Uh, So the 5G story is complete and utter rubbish. It's nonsense. It's the worst kind of fake news. The reality is that the mobile phone networks are absolutely critical to all of us, particularly in a time when we are asking people to stay at home uh, and to um, not see uh, relatives and friends. Uh, But in particular, those are also the phone networks that are used by our emergency services and our health workers. And I'm absolutely outraged, absolutely disgusted uh, that people would be taking action against the very infrastructure that we need to respond to this health emergency. Wait, Uh, what did he mean by people taking action against infrastructure? What he means is that people in Britain and in fact across Europe have been burning down 5G antennas. This is just one of over a dozen fires targeting 5G towers in the Netherlands. And the country isn't alone. Cyprus, Belgium and Ireland among those home to conspiracy theorists who believe 5G may have some connection to COVID-19. The UK has reported around 50 fires targeting towers and other 5G equipment. The idea behind the theory is that 5G radio waves are harmful. But health experts... That report makes these people attacking Saltara sound really crazy. But surely these people don't really believe that radio waves are somehow spreading a condition that emulates a flu-like virus, are they? Hey, Jesuit, why do I always have to say the earnest stuff about how people are probably not that crazy just before you play all the proof that they are, in fact, a whole lot more crazy? I don't know. That's just how we've always done it. You want to try it the other way? I mean, might be fun. Just once. Okay, I'm game. Let's take that again. Dana, I just don't believe that the people attacking the cell phone towers could be driven by a set of beliefs that are as crazy as that report implies. Oh, Jesuit, you poor, simple fool. Just you wait until you hear this. Uh, Jesuit? Yeah? Play the goddamn clip. You're ruining my whole moment here. Oh, shit, sorry. Let's roll that beautiful bean footage. Who do you work for? For community fiber. So what are you laying? Uh, fiber. Fiber? What kind of fiber? Fiber optic, 5G ones. Cool. But do you know what you're doing now? You're laying 5G? Yeah. You realize that, don't you? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So do you know that kills people? You know when they turn this on, it's going to kill everyone, and that's why they're building the hospitals? Yeah, but every, How do you every... feel? Do you have children? Uh, no, I'm young. Do you have parents? Uh, uh, just, just my mum. Well, how do you feel that when you when they turn that switch on, bye bye, mama? Are you are you content to continue doing that job? Are they paying you well enough to kill her? You've just admitted that you're laying 5G, so that's basically why we're all inside. Why you've got free reign of London? No. Everybody's 5G. Well, everyone will be dead. So who's going to be playing on the internet? And who's going to be on their Playstations? 
we'll all be in hospital with um, on breathing apparatus. Why do you think they're building 25,000 sort of um, concentration camps of death in the London Excel right now? It's because of this wire here. I'm not having to go at you guys. I'm just saying, like, honestly, that's exactly what you're doing. It's dangerous. I just wish that... So that was just some lady accosting workers trying to install fiber with her insane claims. But surely there's not audio of a nurse saying even dumber things on a local radio station. Seeing with these cases in Wuhan, we've all seen it on social media, is these people suddenly just fall over and they they have a dry cough. I have never seen a patient be walking along, doing their own thing, and suddenly fall over because they've got pneumonia. It just doesn't happen. However, it does happen with 5G. And going back to 5G, I just want to say what this does. There hasn't been significant safety studies. This has been admitted in Congress in America on 5G. But what 5G actually does, it absorbs oxygen. And that's really important to know. So on your oxygen molecules, the little electrons with 5G, they start to like oscillate. So this this 5G is absorbing the oxygen and then your hemoglobin can't take up the oxygen. So how long do you think it's going to take the human body to fall over because it suddenly cannot take up oxygen into the cells? Every cell in the body needs oxygen. It's not going to take very long. It's probably not even going to take a minute. It's going to take seconds. So, ha, British people, looks like you all got yourselves in a real sticky wicket this time. Came out all arse over tea kettle on this one. Can't blame the U.S. for starting this bullshit. Oh, God damn it. Up next, Carrie Hilson is kind of getting dragged on the Internet because she announced this conspiracy theory that has something to do with the coronavirus and 5G. I mean, I get it, but I don't. Turns out the first celebrity who amplified this horseshit was the decidedly American R&B singer Carrie Hilson, who was quickly joined in tweeting nonsense by... Aw, oh, say it ain't so, Woody Harrelson. Excuse me, Miss Howe, I can make that. Do you want the cucumber bruised? Slightly. <laughs> but yes, it's true. Everyone's favorite Austin bartender impersonator also jumped on the 5G causes coronavirus bandwagon. And what's the source these folks used for their accusations? Why, this extremely legitimate seeming piece of video from someone who totally, definitely understands the science involved. For those of you that don't know, I'm a tower climber. I climb cell phone towers and install the cellular equipment that allows you to keep scrolling. And I'm currently in 5G training. Now, the 5G, its waveform is much tighter, where 4G, 3G, 2G have fairly long wave troughs so that we can reach distances and have a greater footprint coming off the tower. It's not necessarily 5G. It's going to be it's going to be broadcasting what's called a millimeter wave. So when it does hit, you just get blasted. And it's not miles away, hundreds of feet up on a tower anymore. It's in the corner of your office. This millimeter wave is going to be able to directly affect the cellular membranes, the bonds that hold your cells together. Not to mention what it's going to do to your brain and your eyes and your testicles or ovaries just from the superheating that radio frequency will do at a close range. But because it is so powerful, so compact and tightly beamed, it is literally going to be able to break down the bonds that hold your cells together. 
And that's how you get tumors. The rub of it is, America, that you're not going to know what I did to you for another 15, 20 years. And by then it's going to be too fucking late. It already is. You've got trillions tied up in this 5G push. People are screaming for faster phones. Everybody wants to be able to scroll at the speed of light. There's no stopping it. What am I going to do, right? This is my job. You know? I got kids to take care of. I got my own chemo treatments 30 years from now that I'm going to have to deal with. So yeah, I'm going to install it. I'll tell you what, I feel like I'm fixing to pull your feelings out for the gold before I put you in a gas chamber. I'm sorry. Did this bullshit artist just compare himself in his supposed role helping set up 5G towers to a Nazi prison guard extracting gold from your teeth before putting you in a gas chamber? Yeah. Oh, did that seem over the top? Well, how about this nice, sensible doctor and his totally legit theories, which Ms. Hilson apparently also shared? Viruses are simply excretions of a toxic cell. That's Thomas Cowan, an American holistic doctor. They butt out from the cell. They happen when the cell is poisoned. They are not the cause of anything. In this video that's been shared thousands of times around the world in five different languages, Cowan claims a virus isn't behind the pandemic. 5G wireless networks are. Anybody want to make one guess is to where the first completely blanketed 5G city in the world was. Exactly. That's not true. Some U.S. cities and South Korea had 5G networks long before Wuhan. And 5G is a long way from being up and running around the world. But the video gained traction. It's actually been something that the anti-vax community has used uh, fairly frequently as part of their argument against vaccination. University of um, Manitoba so virologist Jason Kindrichuk uh, has heard this 5G poisoning idea before. Kindrichuk says scientists have sequenced COVID-19. They've taken it apart and put it back together again. They've infected primates with it who then exhibited symptoms. I think the data is so overwhelmingly um, uh, valid and, and validated to, to show that the virus has caused disease. Um, it's almost difficult for me to argue why. As for Thomas Cowan, he's currently on probation with the California State Medical Board and operating with restrictions on his practice after a 2017 complaint about another matter. Cowan has authored a book that argues against vaccinating children. He did not respond to CBC News's request for comment about the video. And all of this furor arises, presumably, because they believe that 5G is somehow associated with coronavirus? Yes, dear unicorn. In fact, they believe that the cause isn't a virus at all, but rather the incredibly dangerous energies that are unleashed in human bodies exposed to waves in the 5G spectrum. Well, that's not true, is it? Not according to this very clear and comprehensible video put out by the site Mashable. The 5G conspiracy theorists are at it again. Now that there's another hot health problem out there, coronavirus, they've decided that 5G has something to do with it. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. 5G does not cause coronavirus, 5G does not spread coronavirus, 5G has nothing to do with coronavirus. The latest harebrained theory has been spreading virally on the internet, starting with R&B singer Carrie Hilson, who has six and a half million social media followers. 
in a completely insane video that she posted to Instagram, a man with his name tag turned backwards claims that the 1918 flu pandemic was caused by the invention of the radio. So what happened in 1918? There was the introduction of radio waves around the world. And that in 1968 flu was caused by satellites emitting radioactive frequencies. Satellites emitting radioactive frequencies within six months, we had a new viral pandemic. I'm going to save you a lot of time before diving into this, but these claims are utterly unrealistic and utterly untethered from reality. So right now, 5G is not as different from 4G as either cell phone carriers or quack pseudoscientists want you to think. The form of 5G used in China and the UK relies on sub-six airwaves that are between the most common 4G and Wi-Fi frequencies. This is well-trodden territory that has been in use for more than a decade, and it's not even the millimeter wave system that all the conspiracists have been complaining about for the past year, which is, by the way, also totally safe. China launched its sub-6 5G system in 50 cities on November 1st. Now, Sprint had also launched sub-6 5G in nine cities in the U.S. last summer, and the U.K. launched it in six cities last May and much broader in October. So the U.S. and the U.K. have had widespread 5G longer than China has and much longer than anyone has heard of coronavirus. I can't believe this has to be said, but coronavirus is a virus and 5G is a computer networking system and the two of them have nothing to do with each other and don't have any overlap. Just look On the other hand, how could we be so sure? We're not doctors. Oh, Dr. Captain, sorry to trouble you again, but could 5G electromagnetic waves be the real cause of coronavirus symptoms? And everybody's just pretending there's a real virus so that the powers that be can keep everyone inside while the dastardly wireless phone carriers send crews out to build the infrastructure to implement this new cell phone tech that they secretly know is going to kill their own customers. Which you would think might impact their bottom lines and hence their nefarious plans. While simultaneously keeping the masses who are stuck inside from rioting in the streets once the truth about 5G's awful health effects come out. That's no all day and three times on Sunday. And finally, if you're worried that Europeans have somehow cornered the market on anti-cell phone conspiracy-driven crazy, a lady in North Carolina is ready to reassure you America's still in the game. If you look behind me, you can see the cell phone tower right here. Earlier, we found out that there were two workers up on the tower when the shots rang out. A third worker on the ground ran up into this area, and that's where he called for help. Did you shoot at a cell tower worker, ma'am? Susan Moose is charged with assault with a deadly weapon. After court documents show, she fired a 22 revolver pistol at one of the cell tower workers. Deputies say when they arrived, Moose was armed with two axes and had barricaded herself inside her home, located right across the street from the tower. The sheriff says Moose had contacted deputies previously over concerns about the tower. Saying that um, uh, she's hearing voices from that tower, they're sending signals, this type of thing, and it concerns me that she had a weapon and actually did uh, discharge that weapon. None of the workers were struck by the gunfire. Susan Moose isn't talking about the allegations after also being accused of breaking into a neighbor's home. USA, 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 USA. So what have we learned? I'm not sure, actually. I already used up my pithy closing language on the previous coronavirus conspiracy episode, and now I'm not sure how to wrap this up in a nice rhetorical bow that ends with my saying the name of the show. So instead, I'm going to provide an answer to next Sunday's Times crossword puzzle, 53 across, 17 letters. And the clue is, a disease that believes everyone is out to get it, which in a way, probably describes COVID-19 itself. But we suggest your answer should be the paranoid strain. 
This has been The Paranoid Strain. Email us at theparanoidstrain at gmail.com. Sign up for our Facebook group, free for an unlimited, limited time. Just ping us and we'll get you started. As always, we're grateful for the musical stylings of Daniel Arizona and the Paranoid Strain Orchestra and indebted to the dulcet Northern European and occasionally Italian interjections of Ms. Dana Unicorn. Our latest soundtrack was mixed by South Fork Haas, Big Mucho Helps in Ways Big and Small, and Willem UFO draws the pretty pictures and mixes one hell of a screaming Viking. I'm Fearful Jesuit. Thanks for listening. Next time, we recap a bunch of new stuff that's happened in relation to our previous episodes. It's going to be a quick hit, rock, 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 recap. I mean, we think that's what we're going to do. Of course, we've said that like two other times now, but we're really going to put that episode out soon with some additional updates because we originally recorded it like five months ago, but it's coming out next, unless we have to do another Rona show or Earth gets hit by a meteor and people start blaming it on the Illuminati. Honestly, nothing would surprise us at this point. In the meantime, though, remember, the world is chaotic, but it's not out to get you, or at least not you specifically. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.